illustrations that we find in the Bible. And so uh, in this illustration, uh, the premise is that we are like jars of clay that contain a treasure. Um, and I don't know if, uh, if any of you has uh, lots of jewelry. I don't. Um, but um, uh, the, the, the little things that I have, uh, I kept inside a closet. And, uh, and then there's a little container. Uh, actually, it's a, it's a clay container. I, uh, and, and I put some rings, you know, uh, like uh, oh, uh, I have a, a, my, my wedding ring. It's not the band, uh, the same when I got married. It was too thin. And so my wife uh, said, no, you need to wear something that people can see. Because it was so thin and we were younger at, the, at that time. And so people thought I wasn't married because it was so thin. I, I didn't like rings. Now I can wear big rings like this big one. So, but, uh, but when I'm not wearing uh, things, I put them in a little container. And so uh, in, the, in the time when the, the New Testament was written, it was customary to have a container... Uh, where they will hide uh, their gold, their silver, their possessions, sometimes the money. Um, so uh, it was usually hidden in a humble vase that wouldn't catch the eye, wouldn't get the attention. So it was a, a way of hiding precious things. And so this is why Paul is mentioning this in a language that everybody understands. So uh, uh, I, I know that uh, some people uh, like to keep money in their mattresses. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I, I listen about this. But there's people that hide money, uh, you know, in, in, in the mattresses. I, I, I like to watch renovation shows. And, and w once I saw, I was watching this show where they were uh, breaking the drywall and they found a pile of cash <laughs> behind the drywall. So it, it was, uh, there's ways where we hide the precious things. So I want to bring you this so we'll understand what we're talking about. So the comparison in the Bible, the premise is that we are like jars of clay, like a humble vase that contains a treasure. And the treasure, if you were here last week, you heard Dr. Gordon talking about Christ in us. That's the treasure. So I'm picking up where he left, and I hope you're following. If you didn't catch the message, just go to our YouTube channel, and you'll be able to watch the, the message from last week. All right, let's learn a little bit more. And then I, I want just to bring you this so you'll apply this perfectly into your life. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 64, verse 8, uh, Isaiah says, yet Lord, uh, uh, yet you, Lord, are our father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. So here's the same theme now in the Old Testament, many centuries before. You see, when we read the Bible, all these things are connected. And they're connected and they're there for a reason. And, and so here uh, we have this illustration of the craftsman, the, the master potter, uh, uh, doing uh, uh, some work. And the work is us. We are clay. Uh, if you've read uh, the Bible from the beginning, 
you'll see the creation uh, um, of all things and the creation of man. And, and so you, there's a, a word that you see there that God created the man from the dust. The dust uh, is also the, the clay. That's the type of dust. Uh, it's the same Hebrew word mentioned for clay. It's the same Hebrew word that is there in Genesis when it says that God created man from the dust. Now, we know that science um, identifies that m most of our um, substance is carbon. So, so it's, it's actually from minerals. So, so uh, we, we, everything living in this world, uh, eventually uh, we can find a route to a chemical element. And, and so we know we came from, uh, from the dust. Also science, and, and before I became a Christian, I, I didn't believe in God and I believed in everything that science had to teach me. And then I found out that they, they blend together so well. Because if you studied in school, you, they will say that life began in a, a, a mix of uh, water and chemical substances. And so according to science, then from that mud, that's where living organisms started to pop up. So, so um, if you bring this to the... Uh, to the Bible, and you see the record of creation. In fact, the sequence of creation of the Bible, it's the same sequence, practically, that science will teach you. Why is that so? Because, you know, the Bible, it's not a scientific book. It's, it's, uh, it's scripture. It's the word of God, but contains all wisdom that exists. And that's why science does not deny the Bible Neither the Bible denies science. People that are Christian and that deny science, usually either they're not very smart or they try to justify their ignorance uh, with a blind faith. But if we study scripture and if we know science, we know that there's no contradiction at all, just in terms of the timing. Because creation gives us six days And we uh, can identify them as six literal days, but maybe it's six stages. We don't know. When we get to heaven, we'll have all those questions answered. In the meantime, as we see the Bible as a guideline for our life, we need to see it as the word of God and the truth. And so these illustrations are not just symbolic. Sometimes the, the meaning is so deep, and here it's very deep. It's saying that God molded us. So we were created by God from the substance that exists on the earth. You know the expression they say in funerals, it's from the Bible, where they say dust to dust. And so when they say that, we're not dust yet, but we're going to become. So now that's the chemical substance of our body, of our being. But inside of us, We have our real person that's not a chemical element. It's your spirit. It's who you are. It's inside of you. And, uh, and, and again, the presence of God in the life of the Christian, the Holy Spirit in us, it's a treasure. It's precious. We need to value it. 
And it cannot be contained. Yet, God decides to put this treasure inside a vase, inside a jar of clay, inside the jar of clay, like you and me. So that's, that's how the jar illustration is formed. Now, we know that the jar of clay can be broken. So can we. In fact, Some of us are broken, <laughs> some more than others. And so uh, we have this brokenness. A and so we need to maintain purpose in life. If we don't maintain our purpose, we're going to be broken more and more. Uh, and and you, you see people around you that are really broken. We're broken because of a bad relationship. We're broken because of an addiction, a bad habit. We're broken because of many different things that can happen in our life. So through life, we'll be eventually broken. And, and so the question is, if we're broken, can God still use you? Because you're so fragile. I like what David said in Psalms 51, 17. He said, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, though will not despise. This is the King James Version. So it says that the sacrifice, the sacrifice is the way to approach God. Uh, and the sacrifices come from a broken spirit. So we cannot truly worship God without brokenness. We, we, need, we need that brokenness. This is the master potter that builds the jar of clay, knowing that ultimately the jar will be broken. When I build something, I can build it for a season or I can try to build it forever. If I want to build it forever, I'll do a jar of stainless steel. I will do a jar of uh, granite. <laughs> I'll do something strong. If I want it to last for generations, I'll build it really strong. Because if I build it in clay, I know eventually it's going either to be broken or to age and it will fall apart. It will eventually it will have a shelf life. So I have news for you. You have a shelf life. <laughs> and, and, and during your shelf life, you have this privilege as a jar of clay of containing the presence of God in you. And this is the mystery that we were listening about last week. It's a mystery that was revealed that Christ is in us. Christ is in you. You can actually invite him to come and he will. He will be in you. Now, the word in Hebrew used here for contrite, uh, it's not a humble heart. The word contrite means literally crushed to powder. Crushed to powder. Not too long ago, uh, there's a couple that's uh, around that got married uh, and they crushed to powder a vase. Uh, as a tradition from, from Jewish tradition, uh, they crushed a vase. And uh, some of the 
the parts of the of that cup were, were still big, big big chunks, but other were so small, so tiny that we couldn't, couldn't even use a broom. We had to come uh, with a, with a, uh, like a sponge to to clean it out because they were crushed to powder. And that's what, it, what this means here. A contrite heart that is crushed to powder. It's the one that can truly worship. So uh, it's not uh, a concern if you're broken. A concern is if you stay broken. Because if you're broken, you can approach God and you can tell God, God, let's start it all over. And that's what the potter does. And let's come to the central scripture that I'll like our, uh, to, to mention today. In Jeremiah 18, Jeremiah received the word of the Lord. And it says on verse 1, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. What's the word? Arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I'll let you hear my words. It's a, it, it's a good thing. I mean, a potter's house, it's great. It's entertaining. I don't know if you ever went to a pottery. I, I love going there. And if you can, I can see the, the artist doing those vases, I, I can stay there for hours when they're good <laughs> and, and see how they shape things. And, uh, and believe me, it's not easy. If you try, it's not easy. It's an art. And then so he says, so I went down to the potter's house. And uh, there was working at his will. So here's the potter. Here's the wheel. And, and he says, and the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to do. It's a nice story. Okay, I went to the potter's house. He was doing uh, some kind of a jar. And he messed up his work. So he punches the clay and he makes a new one. What's the, 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 the story all about? You know, the story is all about you and me. And uh, I, I went to uh, different translations of this scripture. So let me read another translation. It says that he, the potter, was using his hands to make a pot from clay. But something went wrong with it. So he used that clay to make another pot the way he wanted it to be. I'm still going to read another translation. And as I watched, the clay vessel in his hands became flawed and unusable. So the potter started again with the same clay. He crushed and squeezed and shaped into another vessel that was to his liking. And let me tell you what it's possible also for a potter to do. It's possible also to get the dust out of a crushed, contrite vessel and make a brand new vessel. The principle here is this one. Sometimes, even when we're in God's hands, we become flawed and unusable. So we can become flawed and unusable. How come? If we're in God's hands, because we also have our will 
And we will make our own decisions that sometimes it's not the true plan of God for our life. It's so important. Listen, I, I did so many mistakes in the past. So many mistakes that caused me to get to a point of brokenness where I had to say, God, give me another chance. God, redo my life. God, give me a new beginning. And some of you here, you went through this, through divorce, through uh, sickness, through uh, all kinds of situations in your life where you got to a point in which you were broken and you, you told God, God, I'm broken. I don't know what to do. And you cried. And you know what the potter does? He starts reshaping your life into the purpose that, what, that is, as it says here, to his liking. You see, our life it doesn't have to be to my liking. My life is not to my liking. My life, when I belong to Christ, my life is to his liking. So I need to tell the master potter, do whatever you want to do in me. Take me wherever you want me to be. God, uh, and we need to ask this in the most uh, detailed things of our life. You know, for many years after I arrived to Montreal, uh, and I, that's when I met some of you that are here. And uh, uh, after a while in Montreal, I had problems of adaptation because uh, life here is different from Ontario. And um, uh, I was used to a certain style of things and life and uh, less bureaucracy and things were easier. There was more money. There was all this. And at one point... I was not angry with God. I was angry with myself because I came here. And, and so I, I, I started praying. I prayed for six years. God, take me out of here. I want out. I mean, I love the people. I love everything, but I cannot live here. God, please, God, whatever, whatever. I'll go anywhere. Till after six years, I realized this is where I want you. And at that point, when I was broken, completely broken, I said, God, I'll stay here for the rest of my life. Unless you tell me to leave. But this is my decision. And I learned to love this place more and more. This is just my life. But uh, you see, uh, uh, all of us have different experiences of, of brokenness. And, and now before I finish, let me tell you also that there's certain, a certain power hidden in a broken vessel. And first, uh, I want to tell you that broken vessels can be used to bring healing. Uh, during this week's uh, devotionals, I, I do a devotional uh, every single day. I, I do a 10-minute message on, uh, on YouTube. And uh, during these devotionals... Uh, I talked about Job. And, and Job, we know the story. He was tested. He was proved. He was suffering. And in the midst of suffering, uh, he shaved his head. That's why I shaved my head. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, Job shaved his head. He fell on his knees. And, uh, and he uh, asked for death. He was really desperate. And uh, he had sores all over his body. And the Bible says in Job 2.7 that he found a broken jar of clay 
And he got those pieces to scratch his skin. And it was uh, like homemade surgery. And he was removing chunks of dead meat from uh, all over his body with a jar of clay. And the question is, why is this mentioned in the Bible? How come? And Job was a very rich man. Believe me, he had razors. He had knives. He was a very wealthy man. He could use anything. But he's using a jar of clay. And I believe the reason why scripture mentions that jar, a jar of clay on the oldest book in the Bible is mentioned as this surgical instrument is because God can use the jar of clay to bring healing to someone else. And, and listen, even broken, God wants to use you to pray for the sick, to lay hands on the sick, to do wonders in his name. Even if you're diseased, even if you have a disease, you pray for someone. Even if you're sick, you pray for someone and you can see miracles happening. Some of the most powerful miracles I've seen happening after I prayed uh, were during a, a campaign that I was doing, an evangelistic campaign in Poland after the Berlin Wall fell, fell uh, down, after they, they put the, the wall down. And the Lord led me and my kids were small. I just had two and I had this uh, Land Rover and went across Europe. And God told me to go uh, uh, through the, the, the Iron Curtain. And so we, we went there for a season. And God was doing miracles, amazing miracles. It's crazy miracles, some of them. Like removing uh, 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 prosthetic things and new flesh and amazing miracles. that God. And I was so sick. I was so sick during that season because uh, I couldn't stand the, the radiation. Uh, uh, you know, the Chernobyl cloud happened like two years before, two or three years before. And there was all that radiation. And I was so sick with the radiation. It was crazy. I, I, I could stand at night to preach. And we had this circus tent where I was preaching like a, you know, the old style evangelistic crusade. So I, I was the preacher on the tent for a whole month. <laughs> and, and I was so sick. And I, I would say, God, but how come? I am so ill. Heal me. You're healing all these people. Why not me? <laughs> You're doing all these miracles every night. Why not me? I have to stand there, preach about healing. And I'm so fragile. I'm just sharing this story to let you know that the broken vessel can bring healing. So don't ever think that the power is in you. The power is in God. And let me tell you, the more broken you are, the more effective you are praying for others. This is one of the aspects I would like to mention. The second one and the last one, uh, I'd like to talk about Gideon. And you know the story of Gideon, it's a story of freedom. The people of God were oppressed by the enemies. 
They, they were just robbing everything they had. And God chose Gideon to uh, defeat those, uh, those enemies, those armies that were uh, in great number. And, and so what happens, it's that uh, there's about, uh, I believe, 30,000 people that join Gideon. And there's a process of selection. And it comes down to, for first he says, all the cowards, go home. And amazingly, they admitted they were cowards. And there's like uh, 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 10 or 20,000. I don't remember the, the, the whole numbers. Just forgive me here with the numbers. But it's thousands of them that leave. And then uh, through the selection process, they come up to 300. Only 300 stayed. And with those 300, God commanded them to do something. And it's quite strange. They had torches, they had horns, and they had uh, jars of clay. And I'm not going to go through the meaning of all of these, but let me tell you that the first thing they do, they gather in different uh, points of attack. There's 100 men in one side, there's uh, 200 on the other side, so they surround the, the encampment of the enemy, and they first break the jars of clay, and then they attack with torches and blowing the horns. And what happens is that they started fighting each other, and, and there was a mighty victory. So in Judges 7, it mentions verse 19, So Gideon and the, the hundred men who were with him came to the side of the tents. It was late in the, in, in the night. Different soldiers had just come to keep watch. So they were changing the watch. Then the men blew the horns and broke the pots that, that, that were in their hands. All three groups uh, blew their horns and broke their pots. And we're not going to see the rest of the story because I just want to mention this aspect of the broken vessels. So what, what happens at the end, they attacked and they had a powerful victory. But the victory begins with broken vessels. The victory begins with broken vessels. So uh, uh, here we see that, uh, and then they, they use the, the trumpet. I, I don't have a handkerchief, sorry. I'll trash this one. <laughs> they say uh, Gideon and his men were outnumbered. And so the broken vessels and their voices and everything were an instrument of praise. The praise, the worship begins with broken vessels. So, and you wonder why broken vessels? Well, when you break a vessel, I don't know if you ever broke plates at home on purpose. Maybe some of you, you're like, shoo, shoo. I did it, I confess. <laughs> I wasn't a Christian. <laughs> I was so mad with something, I, I just started breaking stuff at home. Then I had to clean it. But um, uh, not like that anymore, <laughs> don't worry. But, but it's, it's a form of anger. You know, you grab something and you just destroy it. You crush it. Uh, and, uh, and here, it's, it's not a form of, of anger, it's a form of worship. So why broken pots? Because God wants to teach something as a prophetic illustration. So there's the fire of the torch. Uh, there's the, the voice of praise. 
there's the, the trumpet, but, and we can give meanings to all of these. And I've heard preachings on all of those. I never heard one on the broken vessel. <laughs> and, and today, I, that's, that's, uh, that's why I'm bringing you this. Because broken vessels bring victory. Here's my conclusion. I preached about this uh, here three years ago. Kintsugi. Can you say Kintsugi? Kintsugi. It's a Japanese word. Kintsugi. Kintsugi, it's an art. Uh, they think it started like 500, 400 years ago. It's a Japanese art. It's a form of art. And you know, uh, Japanese Orientals in general, they're very patient. And when they do crafts, it's, they're really amazing. So what they, uh, this art of Kintsugi does, it's when you break a vessel, something made out of ceramic or a, a, a jar of clay, uh, instead of trashing it, they develop this technique where they glue or solder the parts of the, uh, of the vessel and they fill it with gold. So they're gold filled. And, and so uh, today, if you go to Japan, you'll, you can buy the fake kintsugi, which is made out of uh, jars they break on purpose to fill it with the gold. Be but, um, but when this started was actually, you know, if you break a precious vase, and e even in the English language, when it's precious, we call it China. Uh, it's not because it's made in China, but uh, most of those precious vases, the most beautiful ones, the hand-painted ones, there's nothing compared with uh, Chinese pottery in terms of, of art. I mean, you have Limoges in France, you have uh, different ones. Uh, uh, I could mention some that, uh, you know, in Portugal where I was uh, born, there's Vista Alegre, which is so expensive. You buy a plate with like $5,000. And, and because it's painted with gold and all this. But when you break one of those uh, pieces, the Japanese glue it. And there's a technique to do this with gold, with pure gold. And they filled all the cracks with gold. And if there's a part missing... They can even uh, uh, put a precious stone uh, on, that, on that void and they surround it with gold. And at the end, uh, you have a beautiful, beautiful vessel. And I would like to conclude with this thought. The, the price of that vessel increases greatly. It's more valuable after it's broken than before. Because now, for the, uh, uh, the Japanese culture, they say, oh, that's kintsugi. That's precious. That's even more precious if the vase hadn't been broken. And, and uh, let me tell you, when you're in the hands of God, if somehow you're broken, you have a, a great value for the Lord. And I'm going to pray with you. Before I pray, I want to read this last scripture also from Paul. 1 Corinthians 1, 27, 28. It says, But God shows the foolish things in the world to shame the wise. 
God shows what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God shows what is low and despised in the world, even the things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are. Okay, so what does this mean? If you were chosen by God, this means that you're either foolish. I don't want to insult you. <laughs> That's why I'm reading the Bible. It's the Bible that is calling you foolish and weak and despised and you're nothing. And God chooses the things that are not to confuse the ones that are. You see, this is God's kintsugi. It's God picking up the pieces. And if he cannot remake you from scratch, he will glue you together. And those feelings are pure gold. Your value increases after you're broken. So if you have a broken heart because your boyfriend broke your heart, or you have a broken heart because you've lost your business because of COVID-19, or you have a broken heart because your, your marriage fell apart, you're broken. You're very valuable in God's hands. God is the master potter. He's the one who can, if you're so crushed, who can create new clay out of that powder and build a new vessel. But he's also the one who can fill all your cracks with pure gold. And your cracks will be used by God. What do I mean by this? It's no secret for you. We have... Um, Someone here, he just went to be with uh, his child. But uh, uh, both him and me, we had drug addiction problems. And I don't hide it. Why not? Because what God did in my life, del delivering me, it's kind of gold in my cracks. Are you following me? Let's say... You know, I, to me, it's always a shame when someone is divorced, they get married again, and then the Christian community rejects that person. To me, it's a shame. Why? Because, listen, the new marriage, it's an opportunity to show that gold in the cracks. Yes, the marks are there. The scars are there. Listen, my body, I have scars all over. <laughs> I have scars all over my body. I started as a kid, just little scars. And then I had the heart surgery. I had, uh, you know, they cut my arms, my legs to take veins to patch my heart. So I have scars all over. But I'm still in one piece. Those scars remind me of the grace of God. So the scars you have in your life, start to see them as gold. And if you're weak... You just need to say, God, I am weak, but in your weakness, I am made strong. Let us all stand, and I would like to pray for you today. I would like to pray for broken vessels. I want to pray that broken vessels will be redone. Remember Jeremiah? I went to the potter's house, and uh, as I went there, the potter was just, Noticing that the vase became unusable. Are you unusable now?
<laughs> Maybe you can be at that point to think, how can God use me? I'm so flawed. I was a thief. I lied. I did this. I did that. I'm so flawed. You're exactly at the point where God can use you. You're exactly there. Because if you think, like I talk with some people that tell me, oh, if everyone in the world was like me, there will be no wars. Have you ever heard people saying that? I heard so many people telling me this. If everyone in the world was like me, there will be world peace. Oh, man, geez, you're so good. Oh, I want to kiss the floor where you walk. No, God cannot use these vessels. That's why Jeremiah saw the process and he tells us the process in, in, in scripture, in this illustration of the potter redoing the job. And let me tell you, there's not just one opportunity. God gives multiple opportunities. We never know if it's one, but God can give you multiple opportunities. When you get to the point that says, I'm broken, my heart is destroyed, you're right at the point to allow God to use you. In fact, some of you were saved when you were broken. I talk with Christians. Most people are saved when they're broken. Otherwise, they're so happy with life, they don't have time for God. But then something happens and they're broken and they say, oh my God. Even if they don't believe in God, they say, oh my God. Yeah, watch those Hollywood movies. They don't believe in God. They're always bringing the name Jesus in the worst circumstances. <laughs> it's like a curse, <laughs> curse word. They say, oh, Jesus, oh, my God. It's in the worst circumstances. And that's when you met God, broken. So if right now you're broken or cracked, you have a little crack, just ask God. Fill it with gold. Let your Holy Spirit be manifested. I have my flaws. I'm not hiding them. And I don't want to hide them from the world. Because you, God, use it. you use the things that are not, the weak things, the vile things of the world. And you use them for your glory. That's the God who we serve. That's the master potter. Today, you came to the potter's house. And I hope you just grasp this truth and don't stay there broken. It's okay to be broken. Just don't stay there. So God, I pray for all of us here at the Passion Center and people watching also online. People that are broken. Their hearts are shattered. There's terrible things happening in the world today. And God, I don't know what's happening in the lives of all these people. But I know one thing, God, that today you brought this word of the power of broken vessels. So we understand, God, that you want to use us, that you can remake us. And even broken, you can use us to bring healing. Even broken, you can use us to defeat the enemy. Even broken, Lord, you use broken vessels. And without that contrite spirit, without that brokenness, we cannot even find you. So, God... Thank you for this season in our lives and for all the seasons of brokenness. And redo us, remake our life. God, give us a new opportunity. 
Lord, I pray for people here that lost so many things during this pandemic. And God, I pray that they will have their lives reshaped and redone and repurposed by you, God. And all of those, Lord, that are cracked, Lord, just the, the, as that uh, old art that fills the cracks of the jar with gold. I thank you, God, because we have this treasure in jars of clay. We have the gold of your presence in us to reshape and to redo and repurpose our lives. And I thank you for this. God, I pray for supernatural healing to flow. As I pray, God, I pray for those that are broken because of illness. And I pray, God, that your word that says that by your stripes we were healed. And I send the word of healing right now. I pray for healing, physical healing, healing of cancer, healing of AIDS, healing of COVID-19. I, I pray, Lord, I send your word of healing right now in Jesus' name. I pray for those that are broken because of financial upset and, and setbacks. And I pray, God, that you will redo Lord, our lives in all areas, including our finances. God, in Jesus' name, I pray for this. And I thank you for the power you place in broken vessels. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we give a hand of applause to our God? Praise God. It was so great to be here with you. We'll be here at the Passion Center praying for you. And if you need prayers, just Post that, those prayers. If you're watching on YouTube, just click that big red button that says subscribe and the bell right beside it so you'll be notified of the next message. We'll be here again next Sunday at 10 a.m. in French and 11 a.m. in English. God bless you.